Welcome to the Fem Nation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs can rise together. Success comes in many flavors. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm White of Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Entrepreneur and founder of the Female Entrepreneur Movement, our business is dedicated to helping women start and grow their businesses, increasing financial independence. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to the Fem Nation podcast. Today, my guest is Talmar Anderson, CEO and founder of Boss Actions, thought leader and of the Boss Muse. She is a hiring strategist and boss best practices expert, shining the light on the freedom of kick-ass teams. Thank you for being here, Talmar. Absolutely. All right. Let's start with the question of the hour. Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? Well, um, I I think I'm going to start with a photograph. And uh, if my husband had known, he would have never sent the picture. So we had recently moved across country from Arizona to the Washington, D.C. area. It was 2009, 2010. There was a big economical shift. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were ready for a change. And we knew that the Washington, D.C. area was pretty economically sound, you know, with the politics and the government situated here. Business actually does really well because of that necessary threading together of life. Mm -hmm. And so we were moving out here. And I said, at the time I was running law firms, I used to boss around attorneys. I've always been bossy. I like it about myself. (laughs) And I said to my husband, we had a one-year-old when we moved out here. I said, look, if we move out there, which my husband was the one that was a catalyst for that decision. He he had the opportunity to sell his business. So if we move out there, I'm going to be running law firms and I'll probably be down in DC or Arlington running a big firm. It's going to take a lot of my time and attention and you're going to have to be point on the kid. And he was like, awesome, let's do it. He was totally down for that. So we move out here. Sure enough, I get a big fancy job running a law firm and it's a a distance. It's at least a 45 minute commute if there's not traffic, if it's not rush hour. And uh, I usually had to leave early to get there on time and come late because I was managing the law firm. And so one morning, our little two-year-old toddles out of bed and we have stairs and goes into our bedroom and my husband is half asleep and he's like, hey, buddy. And he's like, mama. And my husband says, oh, mom's at work already because it's dark. It's kind of a wintry morning. So uh, usually he would just, the, my son would crawl into bed, but instead he walks out. And now my husband's panicked, trying to throw off the covers, run out after him before he goes down the stairs. And before he can get out of the bedroom, my son is carrying something, toddles back into the room, crawls into bed and falls asleep. And I call this picture the reason. And if anybody wants it, they just need to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to show this photo. But it is a little two-year-old blonde-haired boy with a blue pacifier in his mouth sleeping with a photograph of me. Oh, thus the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. I knew I had to change something and I loved working. I knew I was never going to be that stay-at-home mom, but I needed to be around for this kid and he needed 
needed me in mornings and I needed more autonomy of my schedule. So that was the very beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. What did you decide to do once that came about? Well, I really didn't know that I could be a business owner. I had always been the person that ran other people's companies and I I was really stressed out about it. And I talked to a lot of people about it. And I realized I really liked working with uh, highly driven, ego even people who believed that they had a cause or a right. You know, attorneys, they like to argue their points and they're, you know, they'll they'll argue whether they're right or wrong. They're going to argue to the very end. (laughs) And so I found myself attracted to business owners and entrepreneurs. And so I thought I could really help people set up and structure their businesses. So I went out on my own as an operational consultant originally. And operations means the business side of your business. In fact, I used to have a podcast named that. And I would help people with information technologies, setting up their online systems, marketing efforts and messaging, accounting, expense analysis, really understanding how the money worked, and human resources, hiring, managing, really making that shift into business owners. And after about seven years of doing that, I realized that I was getting the same two questions, whether I worked with somebody for one hour or a whole year. Everyone wanted to know, how do I find good people? Mm-hmm. And then the next one was, how do I fire them? <laughs> what, do I, what do I do if I need to fire them? What if I, I don't want to be a bad guy, but what if I have to? And I realized there was a real hole in the market there. And so in 2017, I really started that pivot and developing the boss actions and our programs to really help people learn the skill of hiring for their own company. And that's my story so far. (laughs) What have you dealt with on growing yourself as an entrepreneur along the way? Mm, I think it was that I really... One, you have to walk your talk, obviously, higher, sooner. I tell everybody that. And if there was a mistake that I lived through, it was really trying to do too much myself. Um, But I, I think for me, it was being okay with not getting it all done in a day, right? I... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I might be a little driven, I think is the word people use politely. And I really love my work. And I I really love what I do for my clients. I love what we build in my company. And so I really have to make a concerted effort to stop and go and enjoy the life that I'm working so hard for. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I got okay with really making the list of three is one of my favorite things. What are the three things I'm going to get done every day? And once I've done that, I'm allowed to walk away, right? If I can get more done, if it's only two in the afternoon and my schedule allows me to work till five that day, then I'm going to do three more hours worth of something. Mm-hmm. But if I get to those three, I don't have to keep driving and pushing myself. My business is that's good enough for the day. That's achieving that's results. And once I've hit those three, I check them off as I go. And I'm allowed to cut out even early. Like if my son's like, hey, let's go take a walk. My three are done. And I can in that moment say yes, without guilt to my business and still getting to do the things that I want to do. 
Mm -hmm. Which is extremely important because at the bottom, you know, at the very baseline, that is exactly why you built it this way. That's the freedom of time and money, right? The whole point is I want to be there when my kid comes up or my husband says, hey, let's go do something fun or just need support, right? Uh, A big part of that building my business was to allow me to be there for my family, which I had the opportunity to do in 2019. My mother got very ill. We moved her in with us in July and she passed on December 28th, 2019, but she was with us and my business was fine. It didn't grow, but it was fine. My clients were taken care of and I could be where I needed to be which is with my mom. I have no regrets in the way that I was able to live that and be there for my clients, but mostly be there for my family in that time of need. And that was through a very uh, legitimate and strategic way of building my business. So I could be where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Did you deal with imposter syndrome? While you were, uh, do I still? (laughs) (laughs) I never want to assume that, but I know better. I do that. It doesn't ever go away. You just learn how to manage it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, the biggest step for me was when I first went out and this is, I think this is, and forgive me, gentlemen, I think this is more female than not. But, uh, when I first went into my own business, I wanted to deliver a thing. I wanted a physicality to what I was handing my clients in exchange for cash. Mm. I wanted to be able to create, like if we did consulting, I wanted an action plan. If it was on expenses, I wanted an expense report. I wanted a physicality of a thing that I handed over in exchange for the cash. Mm -hmm. Getting comfortable with the concept of being paid to talk to people was a huge one for me. I was like, who am I to ask for dollars just to sit in a room and talk? Um, It really took a little bit to get past that idea that the value I could convey in that hour was worth it. And, you know, I've stepped into that since then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in, in all honesty, I fought with that too, because everything I've built multiple businesses, but everything that I had created up to this point was an exchange for a a physical product or a physical service, a done for you service. So stepping into more of a knowledge base or, Mm -hmm. and sharing the expertise I know I had, and it was value to it was the hardest challenge for me. Mm -hmm. I completely understand. Yeah, it was quite a hurdle. And uh, and I always say, and I'm sure listeners that listen to the episodes have heard me say this before, but there's so much of what we do is inner work. And the uh, as entrepreneurs and moving forward, so much of his inner work and being an entrepreneur is the best personal development tool out there. It is. Because if you're going to move forward, you have to work on yourself. You've got to take down those walls. You just have to consistently work on, you know, things that hold you back from going to the next level because you are the only one that's holding you back to the next level. It's not Every the skill time. set, you know, or the strategy. It's in here, you know, 100%, inside. inside your head. And it is that. It is the most infuriating and liberating idea that I am the be all end all in my success. Boy, that one hurts. It hurts so much. Gosh, it hurts. Uh, The idea that I am the person that is limiting my wealth, my happiness, my, you know, visibility for my business. Like that was another big block I had to get over Mm because I knew that I couldn't serve more people if 
more people couldn't find me. Right. So I, right. in 2018, that was my whole year was about getting more visible and putting myself out there in a much bigger way. And now I serve clients all over the world, but that was that personal development of looking in a camera or talking over the phones or over the internet and just being out there all the time without picking myself apart, understanding that the value I can convey is has nothing to do with whether my lipstick is smeared or I'm having a fat day or, you know, I've got a big pimple, whatever the issue is, get over it because I can help people and they don't care. They just want the knowledge. Right. And they want it from you because they, you bring a uniqueness to it that nobody else can do. Agreed. Agreed. And that was, again, that's imposter, right? How do you step into the idea that I am better than other solutions for some people, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of people that are smarter than me. They really, really are. (laughs) And oh, yeah. (laughs) But I can connect for my clients in a way that doesn't judge them where they're at. That's one of the things I love is I literally don't hold people accountable for what they didn't do. I will only hold them accountable if they don't do something different. That's mm-hmm. it. That's my big spot, right? And mm-hmm. that is a, a type of person. I'm not the accountability person. At the end of the day, I'm going to work with you during this period, but I'm not going to call you every day to see if you're a grown up and you've done your homework. I'll call you on our schedules and I'll poke you to remind you that you got to keep it moving. But that's not my zone of genius. And so knowing how I deliver means I'm right for some and not for others. And I am absolutely the best for a lot of people. True. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue that because you, (laughs) I I know, and that was one of the biggest personal development pieces that I had to overcome. And I see so many women that in the entrepreneurial space, early stage entrepreneurial space. And in fact, some mid stages too, because there's so much you can do to drive your business to a specific direction. You can grind yourself to even multiple six figures, but still have yet worked on this part of it, but you will eventually have to work on this part of it because it will come to a halt somewhere. It doesn't mean your business is going to tank, but you will hit a wall because this is part of a growth phase that is going to show up that you're going to need to grow to a next level with. Absolutely. And and if we haven't learned it before, we're going to continually hit a level, right? Mm-hmm. I am a big follower of a woman named Denise Duffield Thomas. And so she's out of Australia and she does like money mindset stuff, but she really is reminds you, you know, as soon as you get to that one level of success, you're going to have another one that's going to block you, right? So if your first mm-hmm. level of success is getting to six figures and all of a sudden you can pay your bills and you have a little cash, then it's okay. Am I being too big for my britches by spending it for something I want instead of something that I need. And then there's a next level of, okay, I'm investing. Should I be giving it all away? I can't, why would I be saving it for myself? I mean, there's just level after level and money is just one issue, but we do need to continually be working on the things that will allow us to serve. And the happiness one is the one I really encourage any human to follow. You have to get more connected to the things that make you feel good and happy. And it's okay if it's not what everybody else thinks you should be doing. I mean, that's that's the one that I would love that I could just click my fingers and make everybody understand. Find what makes you happy and make that the priority. Mm-hmm. For me, the, that was a big one that really kind of changed my life. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to those uh, women out there listening that 
might wonder, might want to believe that you can actually make money at what and love what you do and still have time freedom for the important things in your life that want to believe that, but yet still have a hesitation on it because you obviously have worked on that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. And we haven't even talked about what I do because Lord, if you get excited now, you would never <laughs> shut me up. But you know, the issue, I think what I would say to anyone who hesitates at the idea that they can truly step into the thing that they love doing, make money and still be a quality person in their personal life is um, that one is a look in the mirror and get, get to working because that is exactly how it comes together. The closer you get to your passion Mm-hmm. And the more realistic you get about monetizing that, right? So, mm-hmm. so if giving is your passion, I just want to give, which is a, a very female thing. But I will tell you, I work mm-hmm. with a lot of male business owners that still want to be the givers. So it's not an only female thing. Right. We just think if we're making money on it, we are not, we're not a good person. And we have to get past that. The more money we can make at our business, the more people we can help, the more profit we get in our business, the more you can give away or you can create more jobs or you can create a new charitable organization, the more you can contribute. It is through success that you really can make the most change. Mm -hmm. There does come a power with the influence that you get from success. There is a voice with the success that you get. So the more you can Find a way to take your passion and forgive yourself for making money at it and understand that through every successful step of you being provided for, your family and loved ones being provided for, you will have the opportunity to give to your community and the world at large in a bigger, better way, the Mm -hmm. sooner happiness will be found. Mm -hmm. It's understanding the right way to monetize. Not everything, Mm -hmm. you know, is give it away and you're going to find money. I don't believe in that. There is a business structure behind it. There is, there mm-hmm. definitely is, but money is a tool. Yes. You know, it's a tool to be utilized. It, money itself is not evil. No. Money itself doesn't do bad things. Money can do just, money actually does more good than it does bad. It's just, we get to have the bad front and center so often. However, it is a tool and and but so many people associate their worth with money and yeah. that's a big issue uh for a lot of people for various reasons i mean there are tons of different reasons as to why but disconnecting from your value you know being associated with the dollar number or declining that you want your value associated with the dollar number so then you just don't charge your worth i mean again two different sides of the spectrum right there. Mm-hmm. That's so many people fall inside of that, but that is something that is difficult for people to overcome. And I, in the noisy online space, there are many different ways that you can, you have to just find the one that resonates with you. And again, it's a journey. Agreed. It truly is a journey and you have to walk that road and start peeling back the layers and then covering a little bit more and a little bit more. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Well, tell me, so what do you do now? In your business, tell uh, yeah. I get you to get to be bossy. I do <laughs> uh, because in my world, a boss is somebody that is a good, uh, supportive thing, right? Boss means a lot of things to a lot of people, and I've you know, and again, this goes to that imposter syndrome and listening to the other voices. Be true to yourself. 
Boss for me is a positive word. But when I started my business, Boss Actions, in 2017, 2018, people were like, oh, you can't say that word. People don't know. They're just going to have. And I'm like, look, I understand you've had bad experiences with this word. For me, it's a different word. And I'm I'm taking boss back. And yes. uh, I really stepped into that. But predominantly, I wanted to make it easy for people to learn the skill of hiring for their own companies. Because here's mm. what I know. Success, as you started talking about, right? You know, if we try to do too much ourselves, if we limit ourselves, we can only go so far before we get burnt out or a family has a need or there's a crisis that pulls us out. We need to have other people helping us get there. And the sooner people can learn to identify the right people for the right position, whether that's a vendor, an independent contractor, or an employee, your team is going to flex in small business as you continue to grow and scale. But there really wasn't anyone out there teaching people a process because like you, I love a process. I heard you like process. <laughs> I do. I, I know. I love a process, right? Because that means it's repeatable. It's predictable. It's something that, if consistent, can give us the results that we want. I mean, who doesn't love that? I know, I know. Doesn't mean we can't be fluid and change, but it does mean we have to have a consistent step by step process. So there wasn't anything I could find. And that was that talk about imposter syndrome. When I first thought, you know, there's got to be, I can't have thought of this. this. Somebody had to have created a process. Right. But the truth of the matter was most people didn't really get organizational structuring and hiring processes taught to them until they could afford $100,000 a year masterminds. That's mm. when they would bring in experts for a day during their mastermind weekends, and they would have somebody really go through their org chart and teach them how to scale and how to really identify what successful people would look like and teach them some of the tips, tricks of the trade, if you will. Um, and that was not fair because how are we supposed to be able to afford $100,000 if we haven't figured out how to get the people in, right? right. Um, so I, I was really frustrated by that. And the SBA, who is a great organization and all these local governments, great organizations that support business owners and startups, they really start in the middle. They start with the employment ad. And there's two major steps before that, that nobody was really just creating the process for people to repeat. And so we did that. We designed it. We delivered it in 2018, one-on-one. 2019, we took it digital so it could be more affordable and more accessible. And we've just been, we're just doing everything we can to deliver it to people. And the testimonials, we we have not had to ask for testimonials. They come before people finish the program. They feel the honest to God shift in the way that they think about both mm -hmm. being a boss is not a bad thing. And they can see that they're going to have their world-class team, life-changing opportunity, skill set development. I mean, just, it's been amazing. And so we've really focused on trying to create hiring solutions, as well as that boss management piece. How do I step into being okay, mm -hmm. telling a peer that they have to show up for my business in a certain way, or holding somebody accountable? Um, nobody should ever be surprised they're fired, but nobody's really teaching people the process of how to step into a consistent 
boss role. Anyway, I get excited. These are the things we help totally. people. <laughs> so, I mean, so, I mean, you're, you're speaking to the choir here and I have to tell you why is because I see so many business owners over the six figure mark. So Mm -hmm. uh, my analytical brain, having a background in accounting and being a serial entrepreneur, and, you know, and running businesses with the numbers and such, I can't ever quite let go of that piece of it. So that's where my process is like, yeah, it has, has to have something structurally. <laughs> um, but so often I see that the early stage entrepreneurs don't run into that yet. Mm -hmm. They're still figuring out what they're doing. Then they start working into the um, contractors, you know, mm -hmm. bringing in team helpers. And still, it's kind of, there's still a level of disconnection there as far as them being the boss. Sometimes they do it wrong, then they kind of fumble, figure it out and, you know, go through a couple of contractors. So they kind of build themselves a, you know, de facto system. But where I really see it is in the businesses that provide for their clients, cruise to six figures, hire a team of employees internally and then are pulling their hair out, not making any money, feel like they're burning the candle at both ends, want to burn the whole business down because it's not fulfilling. They created a job for themselves and their employees stink in their mind. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. You haven't empowered your employees to live in their zone of genius. So let's find out what that is first. Second of all, you're still acting like an employee and you need to be the boss. Mm, girl, preach. <laughs> that is the number one issue I run into. They come to me with di very, very differing um, scenarios, but mm -hmm. it always funnels right down to that. It's usually in that first early stage, six figure, multiple six figure area, but yep. up to the half a million dollar mark. And I'm just like, okay, so then we, we shift the business, uh, you know, we shift the people into the right place. We make mm -hmm. sure, you know, processes and procedures aren't in place. We, nobody knows their boundaries and the employees aren't trying to be bad employees. They're just trying no. Out, but yet they have no guidelines, no idea. And they're just like, I don't even know how to help anymore because he or she is constantly doing all the work, but he or she, mm. the owner won't let go of any, because I, they're like, well, I have to be the one doing it. I was like, you can't, you aren't sustainable. Clearly you're telling me that right now. You're not even taking a paycheck home. Yeah. Oh yeah, girl. I know. I know the ones. Yeah. I, uh, they've got revenue and no profit. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, it, it does. It breaks my heart. And I will tell you that a lot of the clients that I work with have tried hiring and then there's a percentage of them that shrink back down to being a solo. Cause they're like, I don't want to do all the people. Oh my gosh. Employees, they roll their eyes, big, heavy side, their shoulders slumped down. They, they, you know, the physicality of being a boss, oh, it was horrible. But then they get to that wall. They can only make so yeah. much money on their own and they're ready to go. You know what? There's gotta be a way. And they're just, there just needs to be a process, right? They didn't have it. They didn't understand. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to work on, not in. I'm committed, blah, blah, blah. But what the bleep does that mean? What does it right. mean? Right. And so I was like, I, I can tell you what it means. <laughs> and they're like, please <laughs> tell us. I'm like, okay, let's start with the fact that you're going to start spending your time in front of your people. So at Boss Actions, we have a very fundamental principle that one of the first things we teach everybody, and that is a boss provides the tools the team builds success. It is not your job to be successful at anything other than giving your team what they need to build the success mm. for your company. I mean, come on. That's the shift, yeah. right? Exactly a shift. And I am so um, like delighted that you have a process for this uh, that it can yeah. hit the, the masses because 
I mean, I'm thinking of one particular client I worked with last year too, that her employees, she had five employees and they said, well, she's the rainmaker. And they're like, this whole business revolves around her and we need to support her. And I'm just, and she's pulling her hair out. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. you guys are so backwards and you're hemorrhaging payroll because you're not even giving them the opportunity to do the right thing. She's like, but I'm working you know, on my business, not in my business. I'm like, no, you're working on, or you're working in and then thinking about working on, you mm-hmm. haven't even switched those. Like, we got to no. commit. Well, but okay. But let's, let's also give them a break. So I, I am on the boss's side. I am the advocate for that yes. business owner or entrepreneur. I am a hundred percent on it. Yes. Let's admit that. No, they didn't know they had no resources before now, but yep. here's what we need to do. We need to start structuring time and energy, and we need to start thinking about how we're going to move our role, right? So mm-hmm. so let's talk about what is really driving them not delegating. It is 100% fear, and that's okay. We, sure. are, I'm afraid of heights still. I'm working on it. I, if I get up to the first level, I'm like, woohoo, good on me. But it's <laughs> a, I know my fears. We need to know what, what we're afraid yes. of. We're afraid they're going to do it wrong. Well, then here's the real secret. Let's hire better people. For God's sakes, our problem is, and I love you all bosses, I love every single one of you, but the issue is is you are spending your time and energy around your team development on the wrong side, on the expensive side. So another, I've got lots of rules. My poor poor audience, I know, I love you guys. I have lots of rules. (laughs) They need to hear it. (laughs) I know, they do. So, So the big rule is you are no longer allowed to hire for potential. You have to stop. We're small business. We do not have time to teach people how to do their jobs. Mm -hmm. We don't. I need the person who can do the job now. So we're going to front load all that energy we would have spent after we started giving them a paycheck, by the way. Mm -hmm. We're going to take all that energy and front load it to making them prove they're worthy of working with your clients. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear about what we need. Let's identify what the business needs. Let's attract the right people by knowing what successful people will bring to our company, right? We have to think about all the pieces that go into that. So we attract the right people. And then we have a strong and consistent vetting process. Make them prove they are who they say they are. We cheat because we don't do the reference checks. We tell ourselves all kinds of stories about that. We cheat because we use the same interview questions for every position in Mm. our business. And we might ask them two or three things off the resume. And that's just, it's, it's the wrong place to put our energy. We should put all of it before we offer them the job. Let's make them prove so that when they come in, All we're doing is training them. We're not teaching them and they can make a difference right Mm -hmm. away. We're creating our own chaos. Sorry, I I told you I get excited. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Okay, moment. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is amazing because I see it and it's out there and it has to be heard and it needs to be implemented. I mean, your work is so powerful and so good. I'm happy to share the story. I, I, I just want everybody to do it easily. Yes. So what would be one tip for a leader mm-hmm. or a boss that maybe doesn't know an early stage that is starting to think that something's not quite on target? What would be one tip for them to start with to move in the direction of showing up as the boss? Okay. So in this example, it's somebody who's already got a team, but they feel like somebody might be underperforming. Is that okay. what we're saying? Perfect. Um, Okay. So if they're underperforming, I'm going to uh, ask how you have articulated success to them. Mm 
So the reason I love talking about hiring and being a boss is because we are planning for everything to go right. And a person, as in your examples earlier, can't be successful if the boss isn't available or hasn't defined what success is. Mm. So we do start with something as simple as a job description. When was the last time you and your employee have looked at what the requirements are on that job? Um, bosses have to stop being afraid to be in front of their people. We mm. have to be more in front of them. And, and it's not just caring that their cat needed to be uh have special dinners last night because they're sick to their tummy. And you're like, I just want to know how the project's going. Why are we talking about the damn cat? Right. (laughs) But I'll tell you, if you have the right people around you, you are going to care about that cat because this person, they get all the time they want to talk to you about whatever they want because they make your days great. So Mm -hmm. I would suggest that bosses get more in front of their people and ask them, In fact, girl, walk into my web. I have a great guide that I will give your people. It's called uh, Four Questions for a High-Functioning Team. And these are the same four questions you have to ask in every single one-on-one meeting you have with your team over and over and over again. But the summary is, do they have what they need to reach success? And that that's making sure they understand what success is. That's making sure that they, they have time, they can make the deadlines, that they have access to the things they need, including you, boss, if they need to be able to ask questions. I mean, it's just about asking them, what do you need? Because you're not being successful. So where's the disconnect? And get in front of them and start having those conversations. That's the tip. Amazing. Absolutely. And it's so doable. And those that are at that point will know, okay, this is what I have to do. Got to do this. And they can sit and think about it, ponder it and get themselves ramped up to go ahead and get it done. Just start doing it. (laughs) Well, and the key is I'm not asking you to go and fire your underperformer right away, but you better start that conversation right now because is it your fault that they don't know how to do it? Now, maybe they oversold themselves when they got hired. I mean, there's a lot of different things, but right now, we have to start the conversation to letting them know that they're not doing the job the way you want so that you can get them to pivot. And then you as the boss have to decide if they're going to be able to step into that or they're just, it was a mismatch hire and you're going to get clear on how to hire correctly and make sure you get the right team in now. Well, and ultimately setting them up to be successful, whether or not they choose to be successful employees lies in their hands. Mm -hmm. If you gave them the parameters for success. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Awesome. Okay. So where can the audience connect with you and where can they find that awesome, awesome guide? Yeah. So, okay. I'll make sure, of course, you have the link for accessibility, but uh, I love a good bit.ly. So I don't know if everybody knows about bit.ly. They give you short links. So that, yes. that line is HTTP colon colon <laughs> backslash backslash B-I-T dot L-Y backslash. I swear we're almost done. Team, the number four. QS as in team four questions. So team four QS, bit.ly backslash team four number QS. And that'll get you that opt-in. It's a great guide. You'll love it. Yes. So powerful. Now tell me how they can connect with you. Ooh. Okay. So, uh, the boss actions is on Facebook and we also have a YouTube channel, the boss muse or Talmar Anderson. You can find it either way. And we're just trying to get information out there. There's tons of information on Facebook, on YouTube, on LinkedIn, 
software everywhere, the boss actions or the boss news. Wonderful. I'm so excited that we got connected and you came on to just tell what needs to be told. Oh, thank you. I done. You're so nice. <laughs> so, no, I appreciate you taking your time to share your gifts. That's amazing. So, so thank fun. You. I just want everyone to be wildly successful. Nothing less. Truly. truly. <laughs> use, the, use those tools for so much good in this world. Thank All you right. very much. Thank you, Tamar. I appreciate the time together today. Guys, make sure you listen to the episode back and forward. There's so much good stuff in here for you to move your business to the next level. But as always, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Fem Nation podcast. Be sure to check out our show notes for more details from the episode. If you love the show, share it with a friend or drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you over at whitedevgannon.com or find me on social media. Until next time, keep moving forward.